Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome back to Explain Tucker. I'm your host, John Murray, and we did one probably about maybe an hour, an hour and a half ago, give or take, give or take, but we're back. And I've said we got a lot of stuff to catch up on, and I'm trying to do the very best I can to catch up on all, all the stuff that's going on in the world of football. Um, at least for this episode, we'll talk about who the MVP, MVP this league should be. We'll discuss that, and certainly there are a few that that are perfect pretty much out there that you already know some that are kind of don't know if I put him in there in the MVP consideration but there's one guy in my mind that should win the MVP and it's not really a huge surprise but then again maybe it is maybe it will be a surprise we'll talk about that we'll also talk about at some point the coach of the year who I think should be the coach of the year this year and there's a there's a several candidates there's one guy that kind of reaches out that certainly gets my vote and I've discussed about him and what his team has done this year, but we'll discuss about that. Again, we'll, we'll discuss the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins had a, had a good year this year, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, it came to end courtesy the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk about what you know, what they need to do to get better and move forward. And one thing we'll talk about, we'll talk about, well, once again, we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about one guy that might be of interest to the team. And would they really, really consider going after this guy? We've talked about him in a couple episodes ago. We talked about the Steelers last episode. So, no, I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So, please don't, you know, get me with that one. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I haven't talked much about the Bengals, really. Maybe in future episodes we'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, but I don't talk about them as much as, as you would think I would since they're my favorite team. But, again, when I started the podcast, Many years ago, when I started, it will be three years in June. I have to, you know, I have to show no favoritism. I call it as I see it, and that's, you know, like I said before, there's experts out there that have their favorite teams and will push and talk about their favorite teams all the time. Me, I'm not like that. I got to show respect and love for other teams in this league. That all being said, those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for joining so. And please, by all means, invite your families, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, whomever you need to invite, please, invite them all in. I've always said we're family and friends here. We talk about nothing but football. This is not a political show, nor is it a religious show. This is one man's opinion on what's going on in football. Like I said before, everybody's got, a, I'm sure there's a million different opinions out there. There's a million different podcasts, talk shows, so forth and so on. Everybody's got their opinion. I've got my opinion. And for those who've been here day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And again, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers. I'm here to invite your dog, your cat, whomever you need to invite, please. Invite them all in to the Peter Tucker podcast. Um, if you got any questions for me whatsoever, hit me up on Facebook and Spotify. Two spots you can reach me on. I don't I don't mind answering any football questions later whatsoever. Um, you got a question about this pod in this episode about my MVP picks or my coaching picks, or you want you want to tell me, well, John, here's my here's where I think I'm going to the Super Bowl. Anything you want to talk about, just just reach out to me and I'll answer any question. And I've, and I've said in the past, I haven't said here lately, but in the past, I'll I'll take a time out from any episode to answer your questions. If not, I'll do an entire episode to answer nothing nothing but your questions because again. As the old saying about you, there wouldn't be a me, right? And that's that's what that's what people usually say when they uh, 
you know, do a talk show or podcast. It's it's true. Mm-hmm. Without you, but you know, without you, there wouldn't be a me, right? Um, if you're not listening to me here on Spotify, hit me up on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, which is still around, I think, like another month. Um, Apple Podcasts, just a few, you know, a few places that that you can reach me on. Uh, please, by all means, if you don't listen to me on Spotify, reach me on those on those um, you know formats. Uh, first, before going any further, I want to thank those who uh, have continued to fucking work. Some new followers, whether you're a small time business, a musician, band, blogger, you know, digital creator, or if you're a, uh, and, and yes, I've had some models that have, that have followed me, and I greatly appreciate, I greatly appreciate, appreciate that. And you know, I've had a law firm at one time. I think they followed me. I've had, um, I've had a restaurant. I had Hooters matter of fact, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to shout out to them. It's been a few episodes that I have, but I mean, again, I'll take any, you know, any, any small business in that if you want to follow me, please do so. And if you do, please tell your friends about it. Tell your friends, your bandmates, your fans, whoever, tell them about the podcast episode. Because I would certainly love to add some viewers, because we're, we're going here from Google US of A. We've reached from USA to even Australia. We've gone over to Australia uh, before, I think before I stopped doing this podcast uh, for a couple of months. I even had somebody in Poland that was actually listening to the podcast. So it is getting out there, and I greatly appreciate those who follow me. Um, I think that's enough. I'm bored you enough. Let's jump into what we're talking about football. And let's talk about the MVP. Who should win the MVP this year? Now, experts are throwing out, experts are throwing out you know, some names. Of course, Lamar Jackson has been, the, has been the, one of the bigger names out there because of the year of the year he's had. He's got the Baltimore Ravens all the way to the AFC Championship game. His numbers were, he was healthy this year. His numbers were better. He had a new offensive system. New offensive system that was getting getting run, ran. Um, so again, his name. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's name has been mentioned. Uh, Christian continues to play extremely good football for the San Francisco 49ers, and he'll be going against a pretty, pretty good defense in Kansas City Chiefs this year. And his name has popped up in, in several new conversations as possible to be um, I think another name, Tyreek Hill's name, I mentioned at one point in time. I think injuries kind of slowed Tyreek Hill down towards the end of the season. It might have cost him probably some MVP votes. He was on, he was on the way to being the first 2,000 yard receiver in the history of this game and just club with him. Um, at one point in time, Josh Allen's name got thrown out there, the running quarterback for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Again, there's just some names that coming out there. And there's been a few others that have been, uh, have been, been thrown out there. Um, I have tried to, you know, I've tried to analyze, I've tried to analyze every situation under the sun that I can, who I believe should be the MVP. Again, again, now, again, I don't want the voting gets done. I think voting probably gets done when the regular season ends, I'm guessing. I might be wrong on that. But again, for me, I have to look at the overall body of work. That means playoffs and Super Bowl as well. I can look at the whole body of work. I can't look at just what got done in the regular season. Um, again, the argument could be made you know, under John Shannon. I guess Buffalo didn't win a playoff game, but they lost to Kansas City. And you know, John Shannon gets ridiculed because he still makes he still makes some bonehead plays. But to be honest with you, where do you think the Buffalo Bills would be without John Shannon? 
they would be pretty much a, a below 500 team, certainly at best. You can talk about Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, all the what they what they go what they go through. You know, they've gone through the last couple of years. Um, but again, you know, again, Diggs kind of needs Josh Allen. Josh Allen needs Stephon Diggs. Now, Grant, you make the argument Stephon Diggs going somewhere else. He could be a number one receiver for another organization, and that's probably true. Now, Josh, Josh might need Diggs because before Diggs got there, Josh didn't have a number one receiver. But again. We're all assuming that Diggs will be back next season, and so will Josh Allen. So again, but again, and Josh and Josh did not play that bad. You look at the playoff game; he actually had a very good playoff game against Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, they did not win the game. But again, it's not like Josh went out there and he stunk up the joint. He did not do so. He had a very good playoff game, but again, Kansas City's defense has improved tremendously. As Steve Spagnuolo's done an outstanding job. With the Chiefs defense this year, so much of the defense has actually assisted the offense at least this year. Again, we can touch up on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, as we said before, came very close to being a 2,000 yard receiver. He was at a record pace. Again, injuries kind of caught up to him, caught up to him. But again, and before Tyreek, again, you the cases certainly can be made that Tua, Tua was kind of a an average quarterback, a below average quarterback. Now, he was a below average quarterback until Mike McDaniel got there and he made him a pretty respectable quarterback in this league. When you add Tyreek Hill to the mix, he went from being maybe an average quarterback to maybe slightly above average quarterback in this league because of Tyreek Hill. Now, he always had, had Jalen Waddle there because Tyreek Hill that helped take his game up to at least, at least another level. Tua, again, actually was healthy this year. Held with the full 17 games. There was, you know, there was concerns about that. Now, one name we didn't get, we didn't get thrown out there as possibly being a candidate, and it's laughable with the lights in, was Dak Prescott. Dak was getting votes at one point during the season because it was Dak whose numbers increased when Mike McCartney took over as the offensive, kind of offensive coordinator of the team. Dak's numbers got better. Now, granted, the results were not seen in the playoffs, but his numbers did get better. He did have some bad games here and there, but his games, but his numbers were a lot better. And he made C.D. Lamb an elite receiver in this league by the year that he had, that he had. Um, again, when it boils down to uh, the final two, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and to me, this is kind of what boils down, boils down to. Now, I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have like my top five votes, my top five, I don't know if I have a top five, but I would narrow it down to the top two. Is it Christian McCaffrey or is it Lamar Jackson? Now, the case for Lamar Jackson would be as simple as this. Lamar again has to learn a new system. He has to learn a new, he has to learn a new system. And again, it was um Call from Again, this is, again with him, I said with Lamar Jackson, it, he had to learn how to go out there. He got paid lots and lots of money. And he had to really step up, step up his, step up his game. And again, Lamar, you know, Lamar did step up, did step up his game a little bit. Again, yes, he still ran the football, but again, the new offense coordinator, Todd Mankin, he had to learn a new system, and Lamar did learn a new system, and he, he did play well at times in the system. But there's also games where Lamar just didn't play the role at all. But let's be honest with you, without Lamar Jackson. The Ravens have not gotten to the AFC Championship game without this young, without this young man. 
that now they would have not done so. Now again, you know, again the alarm. Again they 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 spent time. They went out back, got Odell Beckham, drafted Zay Flowers. Uh, you know, you, you know, you went out and you got with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, so they try to surround pieces around him now. It didn't help that J.K. Dobbins, their number one running back, got hurt again this year. Um, but again, if you look at the running game, didn't really blow you out the water. It didn't really, it didn't really like. It wasn't the prototypical, to me, in my opinion, the Baltimore Ravens running game. It just didn't. It, it to me, it just didn't blow me out the water. It didn't really, you know, it didn't really resonate with me this year. They want you passing the football more. And again, the Ravens knew when they walked in the season, they had to. Shall we say they had to up their game? They had to catch up with the times, because in this league, in this day and age, now it's all about throwing the football, not so much running the football anymore. It's pass first, run second, and that's what this league has become. And Lamar Jackson had to learn that. And Lamar, and Lamar was never, never a bad passer. Again, he passed. He was he was a Heisman Trophy winner when he was at serving at the University of Louisville. He did that, and he's already won an MVP in this league. Now, you know, again, if you're looking at the MVP of a typical football team, Lamar Jackson's the MVP of this football team because, let's be honest with you, without him, do you think Tyler, Tyler Huntley could have, you know, could have quarterbacked his team a full 17 games and gotten the team as far as they did? No, he wouldn't have. But again, with Lamar, I give him this much. To me, Odell Beckham didn't, didn't you know, didn't, you know, I mean, Lamar might have had one, maybe one good game this year, but Odell was brought in to, you know, to take help take Lamar to the top. Well, but Odell didn't do that. And again, Odell's not the same guy that he once, that he once was. Again, Rashard Bateman. Rashard Bateman has been hurt off in the last couple of years, but Bateman didn't really show up that much. Now, Nelson Aguilar, he was brought in to be a kind of a piece, a spare, like a little piece for the puzzle. Now, Aguilar might have had a couple of decent games, but... He didn't blow the world. He didn't like really, you know, shine. He didn't shine. Now, Andrews was Mark Andrews until he got hurt. And again, you know, but again, I got like Zay Flowers. Zay is again Zay Flowers, rookie from Boston College, was to me the best receiver was, was actually his best receiver all year. Now, certainly made a case for Mark Andrews was until he got hurt. And I and I'm with you on that. Now, what is it? But again, Zay was to me. Zay was the best receiver, and and a Baltimore a Baltimore Ravens fan can tell me something different, and I'm not going to believe it because the truth is Zay was the guy that whole year, and I like Zay's upside. Granted, you can make the you can make the argument that Zay might have botched it when he made the fumble the one yard line in the AFC Championship game. Yes, you can do that. Now, the biggest thing, the biggest thing about Lamar was when he went to the playoffs. Lamar had a habit of of having Bad playoff games. He could look good during the regular season, but once the playoffs got around, yeah, Lamar would something. Lamar would fall off the table. Now, in his first playoff game this year, yes, he stepped up, had a good game. But when the AFC game counted the most, when they need him to step his game up in the AFC Championship game, he could not do it against Kansas City. And that's that's Lamar's biggest thing. Lamar can can do is a world beater in the regular season, but when he gets to the playoffs. That becomes Lamar Jackson's Achilles heel. Now, when you look at Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey was certainly a, a, 
a top-notch acquisition by John by John Lynch a couple of years ago. And the reason is because they they felt McCaffrey was a missing piece to the puzzle. And again, McCaffrey, you know, came came to the Carolina Panthers. McCaffrey had a, had a thing where he missed where I think he played 10, 10 games in a two year span. And and again, McCaffrey would go call a lot, lot cost a lot against the Panthers' salary cap. They were in a rebuilding mode, and they traded him to San Francisco. San Francisco was all but willing to say, hey, we'll take him off your hands. What do you want for him to do that? And, and again, some people said that maybe the 49ers got him for maybe kind of next to nothing in a way. They did have to give up some draft picks, but it wasn't like a, a first-round pick for, you know, for Christian McCaffrey. But since McCaffrey has stepped on the field for the for the San Francisco 49ers, he has been a total difference for them, tr- tremendous difference. He's made life easier on who, whatever quarterback was, whether it is whether Trey Lance played for a little bit of time, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Brock Purdy now. He's made life easy on the quarterback. Now you can make the argument you got Brandon Ayuk, you got George Kittle, you got Debo, but Christian McCaffrey was a guy that took it over the top. Now the thing about the 49ers is that they had been. Even before McCaffrey went, got there, they were still able to run the football. But as McCaffrey took it over the top, McCaffrey and his receiving skills are second to none, you know, none in this league. But what's made McCaffrey McCaffrey interesting this year is he's gone to the playoffs, and when San Francisco was getting beat by Green Bay, they turned it over to McCaffrey. McCaffrey got him back, got him back into the game, and they eventually won the football game. Now again. Again, they were in the same bad situation with Detroit Lions. Now, again, Brock got the situation straightened out in the second half, but it was Christian McCaffrey that made all the difference in the world. So again, whereas Lamar Jackson kind of faded in the playoffs, McCaffrey, you know, kind of took his game up just a little bit, a little bit more. So if you got to ask me, I got based on the whole body of work, that means playoffs included. And I know some experts don't like that because they want to base it off the regular season. But for me, it's Christian McCaffrey, one. Lamar's got to be two. Maybe, maybe I give Tyreek Hill, maybe I give Tyreek a third, a third place vote because he hadn't got hurt last year, 2009 season. But for me, it's, it's Christian McCaffrey. Because again, for me, what it boils down to is, like I said, it's the whole body of work. McCaffrey is in the Super Bowl. He's got, he's got his season in the Super Bowl. Lamar is now sitting at, sitting at home on the couch wondering what I could have done to, you know, up, you know, what could have done with Kansas City. Now, you, the argument can be made where maybe the play calling in the AFC Championship game was highly questionable, and it, and, and it was. They made Lamar Jackson a drop-back passer. That's not Lamar Jackson game. Lamar, it, to me, they should, they should have had more designed run plays for Lamar because that's where Lamar Jackson had Lamar scramble out more. And don't make Lamar Jackson any more than he already is. Lamar is a guy that can scramble, can throw, you know, he's a decent passer, but he's, just, he's, a, he's an excellent scrambler. He can run the football. They should have done that. Should have put more pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs. And to me, they played right in the Kansas City Chiefs' hands. And again, that goes, that kind of falls on the, the coaching. That kind of falls on John Harbaugh, Todd Rankin, and yes, it does fall on, you know, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Now, for San Francisco, Brock, he didn't, Brock did not have the best game in the world against Green Bay. He struggled. But again, it was McCaffrey that helped, that kept it close, and it was McCaffrey that got him over the top. 
Now in this game, again, they fell behind again. And again, it was a lot for the game. Brock picked up in the second half. But Christian McCaffrey's right behind him. He had a couple of touchdowns. And again, McCaffrey made all the difference in the world for the San Francisco 49ers. Since he's been acquired from the Panthers, he's been a difference maker. But right now, I mean, for right now, you know, McCaffrey's got a chance to win his very first Super Bowl ring. And well, Lamar hasn't even gotten to the Super Bowl yet. He's gotten to the AFC Championship game, but he hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl. So for me, the body of work is, like I said, McCaffrey won. Lamar's got to be two. You can make the argument. Here's what Lamar's going to be. Lamar, I mean, Lamar's numbers weren't bad, but it's like, you look at some of the quarterbacks in the league, I think Josh Allen had better overall numbers than Lamar Jackson. I know it sounds crazy. Hey, you can make the argument Dak might have better numbers than Lamar Jackson. And, you know, you can make arguments all day long off of that. Again, it's not like Lamar, it's not like Lamar went out there and threw for 5,000 yards, uh, 40 touchdown passes, and maybe he ran for like seven or 800 yards or something. Yeah, some ridiculous amount of numbers. It's not like Lamar did that. Because he, you know, because he didn't. You know, for the Ravens moving forward next season, yes, Lamar's way back, but you have to wonder, to me, Zayda's like the only guy, and Mark Andrews, and Lively might be the only guys that I can rely on next season. I don't know how much I can rely on Bill. I can't rely on him. I don't really rely on Bateman. Aguilar, as soon as probably got a one-year deal, the only guy I can rely on is Zay and Andrews and Lively. That's it. The running game goes, I don't know how much I can rely on the running game now. I think I think J.K. Dobbins is going to come back from an injury. But I think J.K. is a, I want to say J.K. is a free agent, and you have to wonder. J.K. might have to back from the Ravens because he's been injured for the last two years. Gus, Gus is now like the number one running back. Gus could be a solid number two. And again, the Ravens, if you want Lamar Jackson to get up there over the top, do you spend money in free agency? And that's the biggest issue with Lamar. That's the biggest issue with them. Again, there's running backs. Do you, there's McCaffrey. Not Scoot, Scoot, I apologize. That's not McCaffrey. But you got Barkley, Derrick Henry. I mean, James Conner. I mean, there, yeah, uh, Austin Eckler. There are so many backs in this class. But do, do the Ravens fall into the category where we need to get a running back? And again, one possibility, as crazy as it sounds, Derek Henry, man, name comes up for the Cowboys, but it also comes up for the Ravens. And again, Derek's the type of guy that can get that one or two extra yards if you can get that. Again, the Ravens' offense line is not bad, but it could use a spare part here and a spare part there. But it's not a bad offense line. But Henry would be a nice little fit for the Ravens. The receiving court. Do you, do you go for the joke and you say, you know what, I got a good young five, a good young receiver in the finals. Forget, you know, for, forget Bateman, forget Beckham. Why, why, don't I, why don't I go for both and let me go ahead and get T. Higgins away from, from my rival, bring him in Baltimore, have him work with Mark Jackson. Now, can you see Higgins and Zay Flowers to go along with Andrews? Now, that, my, that, my friends, would be an upgrade of what they got now. Again, again, I'll put it out. I'll, you know, again, I'll put it out there. Again, Tyler Boyd's sitting out there. Now, I'm not saying Tyler, that's me. I don't have Tyler Boyd, but maybe Beckham, Bateman, yeah, or even Aguilar. I'll take Boyd of those guys. But you now Boyd's not number one receiver. But if you do that, then you're putting pressure on Zayden to be number one receiver come next season. Now, if you brought Higgins in and gave him money on the ones, Higgins is one, Flowers could be a two, you still got two good tight ends. And then maybe you look in the draft and add another receiver 
Or maybe you, maybe you look around and say, you know what? Basically, I can get a veteran, another veteran receiver in there. I'm not saying you can go ahead and get Tyler Boyd, but you can go ahead and get somebody else to fill that void. Again, if you do something like that, the Ravens could be back on track. Defensively, the defense played extremely well last year. So and so they lost their defensive coordinator has gone off to Seattle. So, but again, the Ravens probably stand a chance to maybe, I'm not going to say they have a, a decent chance to repeat as division champs. Once, you know, once again, they have that, they have it where they will be able to do, do so. And well, for the San Francisco 49ers, it's a point where it seems like they're, they're adding pieces every single year. Now, again, they turned, they let Brock Purdy be the starting quarterback this year. And it's, it's, turned, it's turned out well for them. I'm not saying Brock has been. Brock's had, has had his bad days. But again, Brock, but again, Brock's in the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson's not, but Brock is there. And again, with McCaffrey, McCaffrey will probably be back again next, again next year. And you can still have the Devos to there. Ayuk, I know Ayuk's contract's never coming out of the sun. Still got killed, probably like another, maybe another year. The offensive line, the offensive line has played bad, but again, you have to wonder how much longer his weight is going to stay around. The offensive line is something that's got to be worked on. And defensively, you added Chase Young for the stretch run. Again, the 49ers always seem to have a little piece here, a little piece there. And to be honest with you, the 49ers will probably still be contenders next year, at least one more year. But again, what if, you know, the thing is, what if the 49ers actually do beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl? Well, that's certainly, that's certainly for, you know, for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, all the, yeah, all this, uh, we went and we traded this draft pick to get young, we traded this, we traded, we spent all this money to get that guy, we did this and we did that. It'll be all, for, it'll be all, you know, for naught. Now, to me, you can make a case for the 49ers, kind of remind you of the Rams of a couple of years ago in in some way, shape, or form. But again, some of the 49ers still have some young players. Now, McCaffrey, I think, will be what, 28, 29 next season. And that's kind of hard to believe if you haven't been with that long. Ayuk is still young. I think Debo's, what, maybe 27, 28 next season. Um, again, you know, again, Brock is young. The offensive line, you got some guys in the offensive line that are still young, but then you got some guys that are veterans. Williams is one that's certainly comes to mind. He hasn't been a top left tackle in the league for the last several years, but you have to wonder how much longer can he hang around. And again, the defense. The defense, again, has talent, but again, defense at times struggled this year, especially against the run. I mean, let's be honest with you. I mean, they had a problem containing Aaron Jones. They had a problem containing David Montgomery and Gibbs. They had, they had a problem containing those guys. So the run defense has been a huge disappointment for them this year. Then you have to wonder in the draft, can you go out and get a big body guy to help plug up that hole? I'm sure it's a very good possibility that can happen. I'm sure they'll probably work on the offensive line as well. And again, the secondary. The secondary has, has had some ups and downs. That's something else they will address. But for the 49ers, I don't think they're going away anywhere yet. So again, but again, McCaffrey, McCaffrey came over. McCaffrey made all the difference in the world for this team. Now, not saying that it, not saying the running game wasn't bad before he got there. Now, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah was putting up some good numbers, but he's been he's been injured prone. You know, he's been injured prone since he's entered this league. You had was Jeff Wilson. Of course, Jeff Wilson's in Miami, but even Jeff Wilson at times looked pretty good. To me, 
with San Francisco and their their rush offense, they could have pulled somebody off the street, put them in the lineup, and they would have produced. But the thing is, when when Brown got McCaffrey, McCaffrey pushed him over the top, and now this trade this trade for McCaffrey finally pays dividends. It'll pay dividends in in the Super Bowl. To me, can the Chiefs stop McCaffrey? They can stop him for a little bit. Now, whether they can contain him is going to be the issue. I don't know if the Chiefs can contain McCaffrey. You can contain him on the ground, but can you stop him? But you can't stop him with the um, yeah, in the air because McCaffrey can can burn you up in the air as much as he can burn you on the ground, and then that's going to be a a difference maker for the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I'm not laying predictions out there as to who I think is going to sue, but McCaffrey makes the difference for the 49ers. If, now, you can make the argument is if McCaffrey left, you can plug in Elijah Mitchell or somebody else, and he might be, and, and the offense still would go. You can make an argument that maybe Debo is more important to this team yeah, than Christian McCaffrey because of the, of the numbers, because of Brock Purdy's numbers when he's not in there. But again, truth be told, because again, truth be told, Christian McCaffrey has made all the difference in the world for this for this football team and this franchise. So to me, if I go into the voting, I Christian gets my vote because again, let's let's boil that down to it. I think McCaffrey's numbers are more impressive than Lamar Jackson's numbers would be. And let's be honest with you, McCaffrey's in the Super Bowl, Lamar's not. And that's a big issue. Now, if the Ravens have one had beaten the Chiefs, we can, this could be a huge discussion to me, but let's be honest with you. McCaffrey has numbers, Lamar doesn't. McCaffrey's in the Super Bowl, Lamar's not. And that's why I'd have to give my man the MVP. Now, I always love to talk about on podcasts, my, on my episode, where you always hear rumors, these ridiculous rumors running, running around. Now, we talked about Russell Wilson a couple of episodes ago about that he could, yeah, that where he could line, that he'll be cut and then we're more likely, at least the rumors are going around right this minute, that he's going to be cut. That he's probably going to be cut maybe at some point and the Broncos probably have to eat up his, his cap space. Or to keep, you know, eat up, eat up a lot of cap space. But again, of course, the speculation with Russell Wilson comes out. One, I talked about this was the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta made the Atlanta Falcons with signing to maybe a two or three year deal. And I've mentioned this, and then I had somebody maybe like a couple of days later mention the same thing, mention the same thing that I did. It's pretty funny when something comes off the top of your head, and a couple of days later somebody comes up with the exact same thing that you said. So again, again, I was the first one to put it out there, and then somebody else comes behind me and does it. So I think it's kind of funny, funny in a way. Now, one possibility was somebody reached out and said maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now. The Pittsburgh Steelers have never been a team that have dipped into the free agent market as much. Now, last year they did make a small trade and brought Allen Robinson in from the Rams, you know, in here. And Allen was supposed to be like the number three receiver because it was going to be Deontay, it was going to be, yeah, Pickens and probably him. Well, again, Allen didn't really, really produce that much for the, uh, yeah, for the Steelers. And you have to wonder if he will be on the team come this season. Um, I'm sure he could be one of those cut candidates. And again, with with, the, with Pittsburgh in the past, they always seem to find that quality receiver. They've had a history of finding that top-notch receiver 
for finding Averson, that can be the greatest recruits for the organization. For the Lynn Swans and John Stallworths and Billy Lives, Clasco Burroughs, you know, uh, even Antonio Brown, I mean, I mean, Hines Ward. I mean, they've always seemed to find that, seem to find that, that guy. Now, we have talked about in the last episode about the quarterback situation. Kenny Pickett, of course, Kenny going into his third year, and yes, he got a new offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith, who he just got yesterday. Now, to me, again, I don't see Pittsburgh really dipping into the, into the free agent market or being interested in signing Russell Wilson. Now, Russell would be an upgrade over Kenny Pickett. Yes, he'd be an upgrade. Now, again, I mean, again, could him and Mike Tomlin get along? Again, I think Wilson and, and um, to me, I think Russell Wilson and Sean Payton had issues, but to me, I think Tomlin, I think Tomlin and Wilson would be a better fit than maybe Payton, and crazy as that sounds. And there's an improved play on the offensive line. He's got, again, Russell had two solid running backs he can turn and hand the ball off to. He's got Pickens is a dangerous weapon. Deontay Johnson's pretty solid. You've got a you you've got a pretty solid tight end. Again, again, it would be interesting. Russell's a guy that could help take Pittsburgh over the top. But again, I don't see Pittsburgh dipping into the free agent pool and signing to a three-year deal with X amount of dollars because, again, if you do that, that's pretty much sending the message out that Kenny Pickett, we don't have zero confidence in you whatsoever. And if you do that to a, guy, to a young quarterback, you go ahead and sign a guy like Russell Wilson, then that's doesn't bode well for your future with this team. And to me, that's the reason why I don't think Pittsburgh will dip into the free agent and try to get Russell Wilson with now. The Lionel Falcons, yeah, I can see Lionel Falcons actually fitting. I can see Rasheed Morris bringing him in because Wilson's better than what they've got on the roster right now at quarterback. And Russell could get more out of Drake London and Kyle Pitts than, yeah, than Ellis would. And I think Russell could certainly swing a pass to Robinson out of the backfield and make him more of a dangerous weapon. So, yeah, I could see that being a better fit. Yes, I get the Justin Fields part of the deal. I've heard Justin Fields will come there. But if Atlanta thinks they've got, you know, they got the pieces to the puzzle already there on offense, I can see him reaching out to Russell Wilson. Whether he get a three-year deal or not, I don't know. I can see Russell getting a, you know, maybe they do give him a three-year deal. I mean, if they, if they feel that close, Russell would get, would, would get him to the playoffs, I think, quicker than maybe Justin Fields would. Now, Fields is still young. You can have Fields grow with, if you want to work a trade for him, he could grow with a Drake London. He could grow with a Kyle Pitts and others. So, again, we'll see. Again, we'll see how that, how that, how that ends up. But, again, with – again, I don't see him. To me, I see Pickett. Now, I can see him re-signing Mason Rudolph. I certainly see that. And Mike Tom's already said he wants Mason Rudolph back on his football team. And I can see that being done. And I can see it really be Pickett and Rudolph battling out for the uh, starting quarterback position. And I'm sure that's probably something that Kenny Pickett doesn't want to be a part of. But, again, he's kind of brought himself – he's got to put himself in this situation. He's got to – He's got, to, he's got to work his way out of that situation. He's got to go into camp. And he's got to wow people over. And that's what he's going to have to do. So, no, I did not see a Russell Wilson. Now, could I, again, Mitchell Trubisky is still there. I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell gets, gets, Mitch gets cut. And I can see him bringing in maybe another young, maybe another veteran, quarter, another veteran quarterback. Or maybe 
they look in the draft and maybe get a, a quarterback they feel that might have some potential. They get a guy, a quarterback that I feel has some raw skills, but there's something there to work with. Yes, I can see them doing that. And we talked about last episode, maybe adding a Ryan Tannehill. I can see adding Tannehill more so than I see adding Russell Wilson. But I don't know if I see anybody in just because Arthur Smith was Ryan Hannah's former offensive coordinator. I see that move more than I'm going to see a Russell Wilson move. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful out there, no. I do not see I don't see I don't see that happening whatsoever. To me, if Russell leaves, I think Atlanta's probably the best best fit for for Russell Wilson. But again, I know you're saying that they want to go back to the playoffs or compete for the division championship. Yes, Russell might give you a better chance in picking. But again, again, Pittsburgh again has a pretty has a, have always Pittsburgh has a solid, has a pretty good defense. But again, quarterback has been the biggest thing for them for the last couple of years. Pickett again his rookie year. He had some he struggled at first, but he had moments so much so that he did find he did get Pittsburgh snuck in the back end. He got Pittsburgh again you know, over there. And again, Pickett with Mason Rudolph is with his good quarterback play help get Pittsburgh in the playoffs this year. So again, you have to wonder deep down inside is it Mason Rudolph his starting quarterback going into camp or is going to be Kenny Pickett. That's something that you certainly have to keep your eye out on. But for Pittsburgh Shield fans, this could be Pickett or be Rudolph. I'm assuming I'm going to guess Rudolph will get re-signed. And then again, I don't I don't see Javisky being any part of, of this Solution is we pick it, maybe Rudolph, and that's it. Unless she, unless she bring in maybe a Ryan Tannehill, maybe. But I don't see Russell Wilson being up in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh whatsoever. And again, if you want to, hear, if you want to play much what they are, of course, there's a rumor going around. One time, Russell could talk to the uh, Raiders, but they might get rid of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And bring in Russell Wilson and Russell start and A.J. O'Connell as a backup. I've even heard that report going around as well. But again, I don't want to see the Raiders doing that. But again, it depends on how much the Aaron Pierce and the organization feels, feels as a, yeah, how, how they feel moving forward with A.J. O'Connell. But to me, I think Russell, Russell, if he doesn't have, he doesn't have, Russell will have a team next year. It might not be him, but he'll have a team. To me, the best bet could be Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's that serious about competing for the division championship or him having a, even a slim rehearsal playoff. Yes, you would consider Russell Wilson an option because he's better than Desmond Mayer. He's better than Tom Heineke right now. And again, if they were in that direction, still add another pass rusher to that, into that defense and add a number two to go along with Drake London and help Kyle Pitts out. Atlanta could be a team to watch and certainly be in the NFC South, but for Russell Wilson, eh, I don't see Russell going to Pittsburgh as much as that might that might be something that Pittsburgh's really feeling some might like it. Some people probably don't like it. Some people feel that Pittsburgh, that uh, Russell Wilson's best age could really be behind him. That maybe Pete Carroll was doing when he got rid of him, when he got rid of him a couple of years ago. I mean, after all, and Gino, Gino Smith, they plucked Gino Smith on security. He was Russell's back quarterback for a couple of years, and they made Geno Smith a respected quarterback in his league. So to me, you know, so for Russell, 
No, there is no there is no Pittsburgh Steelers uniform in his future. But again, I can certainly see Atlanta as probably the best maybe possibility. Now, since we talk about the MVP league, let's talk about the coach of the year. Let's talk about that. You know, I'm not going to talk about this episode about who I think the defense player of the year, but I want to talk about who the coach of the year should be. Now, certainly there's a lot of names I can put out here. Certainly the first guy that comes to mind is DeMarco Lyons and the job he has done with the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans won a couple of games like last year, and then all of a sudden here comes DeMarco Lyons, comes in. They drafted C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, uh, was it, uh, Tank Dell, some solid players. I mean, they had a couple of good pieces before he got there, before DeMarco Lyons got there. But once DeMarco got there, C.J. comes into town, Everything changed. So much so you go from being one of the worst teams in the league to being in the playoffs like the next year. I mean, that's unheard of. That's kind of unheard of. So certainly DeMarco did an outstanding, outstanding job with this football team. And certainly DeMarco gets, definitely gets, should get some strong, strong inspiration. Now, a few episodes ago, I mentioned Kevin Stefanski. Now, to me, Kevin did a great job. He had four quarterbacks he had to deal with this year. And the four quarterbacks, the loss of his, of one of the best running backs in the league, Nick Chubb. Now, maybe Kevin's best move all year might have been hiring, yeah, hiring, uh, getting Jim Schwartz to come in. That might have been his best move all year because Cleveland had a very, a very potent defense this past year, and that was all because of Jim Schwartz. And again, maybe Kevin's best thing was to go get him and bring him in. So, again, but again, I gotta give Kevin Stefanski credit where it's due. Four quarterbacks, again, you lose your top running back, and then I mean, you, you bring in Jim Schwartz, and look, yeah, and look what that's done done for your fran- your franchise. So yes, a name I'll put out there, and it, maybe it's not odd, honestly, is Sean McFay. You think about it, Sean McFay, the year that he had last year, it felt like the the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Rams were going to be in a rebuilding mode. That maybe it was time to maybe let Matthew Stratford go, or even think about trading Aaron Donald, or even Cooper Cup. I mean, there were there was time, there was talk about that. Now all of a sudden, here it is, a year later. You know, Matthew Stratford stays healthy. Cooper Cup, even though you do you do lose Cooper Cup, you know, for you know for a certain amount of time. But again, Stratford's healthy, improved play on the offensive line. You seem to found maybe a running back. You seem to find a running back in Williams. You seem to find a running back. Maybe you found finally a number two guy to take the pressure off of, off of Cooper Cup and the Kuru from, uh, yeah. Again, you might have found that. Defensively, your defense played better last year than you did the year before. Still, they can use some work. But Buffet, the Buffet, and I've said this in a couple of, a uh, few episodes ago, to me, McFay might have his best coaching job this year than he did when he was with when he won the Super Bowl. To me, this might be the best coaching job. Another one I give is I'll give Matt LaFleur some some, some votes. We talked about this last episode. Nobody expected Green Bay to even sniff the playoffs. Yeah, nobody expected that. I mean, everybody expected, you know, the defense had like eight first round eight first round picks. That was gonna be the focal point of this team. And yeah, it was gonna be them, the running game, and all depending if Jordan Love can give you something. Well, be honest with you, the defense didn't play that great, not until the woods of the year. The running game 
And when Aaron Jones got hurt, the running game faded. But it was Jordan Love that had to take his game up. Take his game up a little bit. Yeah. And the receiving core, the, the bunch of receivers and the, and the young receiving core. But again, you know, again, you know, Matt LaFleur had took a team, you know, took a team that some people felt that it was going to be too young of a football team to uh, even make, make noise. And again, they made enough noise to the point they made the playoffs and beat they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they lost in San Francisco, but again, it's a young team that's on the rise. And that and that organization has done a pretty good job with it. So Matt before. Now, another guy I can put in there and you might you might scratch your head on this. What about Mike Tomlin? Think about this. Mike Tomlin's had to go through three quarterbacks this year. You know, Kenny Pickett, who's been inconsistent, got hurt, had to deal with Mitchell Trubisky, and all of a sudden, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm putting Mason Rudolph on the line and what do you do? Pittsburgh gets in, you know, gets in the playoffs with Mason Rudolph as a as a quarterback. Yes, they did lose to the Buffalo Bills, but but again, the running game has had its ups, had its downs. Towards the end of the season, the running game really played, you know, played solid football. And again, you know, again the defense, the defense, you know, played well. They did struggle at times, but they did play well enough. So again, you have to go again. They might go with Mike Thomas best coaching jobs because they go through three quarterbacks. I mean. Mason Rudolph is a third-string quarterback going into the season. I mean, he was kind of an afterthought, so much so that nobody in the NFL wanted Mason Rudolph that Pittsburgh says, you know what, we'll take him back. Heck, nobody else wants him, we'll take him back. And again, you think about, you think about it again, outstanding, again, outstanding job. So, Tomlin get, gets some votes. Yeah, there's a few. There's just a few names that I that I put in, that I put out there. You know, put out there. But to me, the winner of me has still has to go with Demarco Ryan's. Kind of gets my overall vote. But again, Demarco again, Houston was one of the worst teams in the league. Now, not saying the draft, not saying a you know a couple of drafts. You know, they have. I guess not this past year, but the year before that, they were going out and getting pieces to the puzzle. Again, but CJ Stroud was the biggest piece of the puzzle. But again, a lot of people had some doubts about CJ. Everybody thought that Bryce Young was going to be the it quarterback in this year's draft, and he struggled. And with Bryce, and with Bryce, I understand that. He didn't have much of an offensive line. Running game was kind of eh, eh. And you had like you had Adam Thielen was your top receiver. Now, if you look at CJ, the offensive line wasn't bad for Houston. They had a couple of good tackles, but they had some injuries on the offensive line, but they produced. Now the running game was a disappointment. Damian Pierce played extremely, extremely well. So much so that again, last year he played well, but this year he was a complete, complete bust. So much so I think he was returning kicks. Yeah, in the playoffs, and Devin Singletary had has maybe had a career year after not getting used that much in Buffalo. You know, he was splitting carries in Buffalo, but he came to. Houston played well. Now the running game again. The running game didn't exactly set the world on fire. Now the receiving core. Nico Collins took his game up another level. Nico was going into his third year. Injuries that hurt Nico. But again, inconsistent quarterback play hurt Nico Collins. Then there's C.J. Stroud. Nico has a career year. I think Nico Matt that was a thousand yard receiver. Yes, they had Robert Woods. Yeah, they had Robert Woods. But when they went out and drafted Tate Dell, Tate Dell had a good preseason. Looked good in the season, was having a good rookie year, but of course, unfortunately, he got hurt. 
But again, defensively, on the defense, the defense played better under DeMarco Ryans. So, I mean, DeMarco, like I said, it's hard. It's, it's again, you take a team that had won maybe two or three games last previous year, you take taking playoffs the next year. That's showing some of the kind of organization, the kind of, you know, organization and kind of head football coach you have. Now, yes, again, it'll be interesting to see if if they can, you know, if they can take their game up a little, a little bit more this year, this coming year. But again, CJ, will CJ fall to that sophomore slump? Will he do that? As far as the running game goes, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Damien, do you, does, does Damien bounce back? Does single does, does Singletary still hang around or do you get another, another, running, another running back? Offensive line, maybe, a, maybe another offensive lineman, a receiver. You have to wonder if Robert Woods will come back, but if, depending on if Tang Dale can hurry up and get back from his injury, you have Nico and Dale, a nice little one-two punch for the future. And don't forget, don't forget uh, David Schultz, and I think Bell Scoot, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz had a, a one-year contract. Again, I'm sure that Houston would love to bring Schultz back, and they should bring him, and they should bring Schultz back. Schultz played well with C.J. Stroud. C.J. seemed to play well with anybody. And again, again, in the defense, the defense had its ups and downs, but the defense certainly played a lot better, a lot better this played better this year. So to me, there's no brainer. Ryan's gets Ryan's DeMarco gets gets, gets my vote. Now I can make a you can make an argument about you know Kevin Stefanski, but for right now my thing would have to be I'd have to go maybe I'd have to go with Kevin Stefanski with my second place vote just because he blew up four different quarterbacks and he lost of a running back, but he went out and got Jim Schwartz and the defense turned it around. The next place I get Matt Lafleur my third place vote. I mean again nobody expected the Packers to do what they did get to the playoffs, but they did. But for right now, DeMarco Ryans gets my gets my vote for Coach of the Year. And again, I'm interested to see him moving forward. Because I've said this in a previous, you know, many episodes ago, I did say this. I thought that Jacksonville and Houston were the two teams that were going to be the future of this division for the next, for the next few years. Because I thought the uh, Titans, they are, um, yeah, they are in a rebuilding mode. Colts, the Colts, I mean, again, the Colts had an outside shot at making the playoffs with Gardner Minshew as a quarterback. Again, I don't rule the Colts out, but there's still some pieces of the puzzle that they've got to fix. But for me, I've always said this, Jacksonville and Tech, the Texans are the two teams that are going to be running this division at least for the next few years. But for the Texans, Texans aren't that far off. They're not really, can they, yeah, can they, can they get that, another piece of their offensive line, get an, you know, maybe get a running back to take pressure off of CJ and maybe you add another veteran receiver. Maybe it's not Robert Woods, you go and get somebody else to come in. Resign Schultz, you know, add another piece to add a uh, another pass rusher. You can do stuff like that. This team could be one of the best teams. Again, this team has tremendous talent to be one of the better teams in the AFC for years to come if it continues to go at the pace they're going. Now, I'm not gonna put CJ Stroud in the same category as Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. But CJ has the capability of being a pretty good pro, a pro Bowl quarterback for many, many years to come. But my vote, DeMarco gets my vote, hands down, no questions yet. I mean, no questions at all. He gets, he gets my, he gets my vote. Now, for the very last one, we'll, t- we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins, 
had a good year, but of course, if you if if you look at the bigger picture, is they got beat by the uh, Chiefs, yeah, in the in the playoffs. Now, of course, they made some adjustments. They they fired Vic Fangio. The defense did not play, did not play yet. Had his moments. Um, again, the they had yeah, they did a pretty good job as far as sacking the quarterback. They did put pressure on the quarterback, but the secondary became a huge issue. Now, rumors were going around that Jalen Ramsey didn't like, didn't like, you know, was not a big fan of Vic Fangio and the defensive schemes, and now Vic is out of there. At least that's a rumor going, going around. Now, since Mike Daniels come in, he has done a, an actually he's he's done a world of good on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Tua Tua has now become at least a pretty decent quarterback in this league. A lot of people at one time thought like, well, maybe Tua's not the answer in Miami to be the be quarterback, but he has. And again, Miami has had has had some has some success running of the running of the football. Again, they've had some they've had success in that in that role. I mean, they brought I mean, of course, but you know, again, but again, 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 you've got well, you you brought Tyreek Hill in, you got Jalen Waddle, yeah. So I mean, your offense, your offense was potent. Your offense was one of the tops in the league this past year. So again, you know, again, Mike has done an outstanding job as far as getting the offense up there. Now, Tua, I'm sure, is, is going to probably have to look in, looking at a contract extension at some point. Now, again, you have to look at what they're looking at going into the next season. Now, to me, the Patriots are are, you know, are still going to be in a rebuilding mode with a new head football coach. Um, the Jets, I got to see about the Jets myself. Uh, the defense is fine, but can't rush to help the football with 17 games. With Buffalo, with Buffalo, it could be interesting. I mean, to me, Buffalo, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose some pieces, more so on defense than offense. But there is something. But there is something in Buffalo is still there. So to me, Miami, yes, Miami still has a chance to at least probably win the division again this year. I mean, Tua continues to improve his game. There have been some points where some games maybe where he did struggle, but he continued to improve. The running game, the running game. Could you yeah, could you add another running back to this team? I don't. You know that's. I mean, Rasheem Hart had a pretty good year. Had a pretty good year this year. This year he stayed healthy. So again, the offensive line. The offensive line had some issues, but but I'm sure they could probably put another offense. Uh, add another offensive line lineman to the uh, to the equation. But again. The biggest thing was the defense. The defense, you know, they give a lot of yards. There was like four out of six games that gave up ridiculous to nine yards. Yeah, now that they like I said, Vic is gone. They had a new, a new piece, a piece to a new, trying to get a new defensive coordinator. Now, again, could this, yeah, again, again, you look at it this one. They did lose some, they did lose some players. They did lose, lose some players in the injury. Hollander safety, it was a chub they lost. They did lose some pieces of the puzzle to that defensive puzzle. And that certainly became a, a huge reason, a huge reason, a big reason as to why the defense did struggle at times this year. Again, we said the game was brought into to move the offensive line, and that he has done. He has, he has done an outstanding job with that. Now, the offensive line, it had injuries as well this year, but again, Armstead, he, he was hurt off and on this, this past year. But again, I can see him adding maybe another piece to the puzzle as far as as far as 
as being on the offensive the offensive side of the ball. I can certainly I can certainly see I can certainly see that being a, a possibility of offensive linemen. Now the running game, do you think Mosar can actually do the say healthy this year? Do you think he can be a guy that, you know, with a Anichi, Anichi, you have to wonder can he be that is he going to be that running back that you can be move forward? I mean, can you can you Again, there are there are running backs in this year's draft. Again, this year's draft, and again, there are free agents. Do you think? Do you think Miami takes it over the top? Can you get a guy who like a maybe an Austin Eckler? Eckler could fit the mold for this team. He catch pass out of the backfield, give Tua another dangerous weapon to, to work with. Can that be a possibility? That could be a possibility. Do you add another? Do you add? Do you add another receiver? Do you add a third receiver to this team? Yes, you have one. You got one right there. And you add that number, number three receiver. Again, tight end. I'm not, I've never been the biggest fan of their tight ends. Do you add a tight end in free agency? A guy like maybe a Dalton Schultz. You know, could Dalton Schultz with the Miami Dolphins mode? Again, there's again, a few things, a few pieces you have in the puzzle. Hill and Wild are fine. Two, two is not going to leave. But defense, yes, that has to be worked on. Again, injuries. Can Chuck come back? Can Rams be healthy for a full season? For a full season? Can Holland come back? Even with Miami, it's gonna be it's gonna be can they can they get can they get used to the new defensive coordinators, you know, scheme. And that's that's gonna be something in moving forward that has to be that has to be certainly um, certainly be discussed. But for Miami, you know, Miami is Miami, that's a huge disappointment. Uh, I'm sure there were there were visions of Vegas dancing in their head because of all what they did on the offense side of the ball. Now, again, the Jets did cool. Kansas City did a pretty good job, you know, in the, in the playoffs of, of doing so. Cool, cool in the Jets. But deep down, yes, this team is again. Miami is a team that's going to be back again. Once again, they'll be back next season. They have a very good chance of probably winning, winning this, winning this division, winning this division again. Again, on that, again, New England, they got a ways to go. The Jets, you know, it all depends on Aaron Rodgers and his health. But if Aaron Rodgers is still can't be Aaron Rodgers, and that's the biggest question. So here we go again. We're going down to Miami, or should we go for him? Again, maybe I'll have Joshua Tua. But again, overall, the overall picture, I would take the Miami's off. Offense overall, defensively, I'm going to give Buffalo the smallest edge on defense. But again, this is where we're going to. But can Miami bounce back? Yes, Miami has the capability of bouncing back. And again, it wouldn't shock me one division again. But again, what do they have to do? Can they, yeah, will they, yeah, will they go out there and get maybe an extra running back, an offensive lineman? But what are they going to do about the defense? If they get all that together, Miami is going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC next season, without a question. Can the NC Kansas City Chiefs? 
I'm not saying that's a wrong possibility. But again, it's interesting to see what these guys are going to do in the offseason. That's all I have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.